Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Adventure Games Podcast. I am joined as always by Thomas Bex. Hello, Thomas. How are Hi. you? Hi. And we're joined also by Laura. Hello, Hello. Laura. Yeah, you're with us Hooray. this time. I made it. <laughs> you're here because we missed you last week. We, I had some issues. We, we know. Yeah, well, we, we know. <laughs> They're still there. Oh, but... <laughs> They're very much not there. Oh, God. We're, we're terrible. But you've resolved all, all your issues now in well, the last I mean, week. Not the, the, you can't resolve all those issues within a week, but the internet ones I've resolved, yes, yeah. Right, uh, the technical, technical issues, issues you resolved. Yes, for this podcast I've resolved, yes. Right, well, that's good enough for now. Hopefully we can all resolve. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure if we can resolve all our no, issues. It's not possible. In uh, such a short amount of time. Welcome but, to the um... therapy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, yeah, the therapy podcast. Um, but we're playing adventure games, I find helps. Uh, whatever issues we may have. So this week we've got a lot to to talk about. Um, it's uh, well, it's great to be here. Well, it's great to be anywhere at this uh, t- point in time. It's uh, scary, uncertain times for everyone, uh, in particular for listeners in well, China last few months and South Korea and Italy. Iran and of course recently Italy and the Netherlands now, which uh, have uh, a lot of cases. So. We hope everyone is well, but uh, we'll be talking about the effects of the coronavirus on the gaming industry just a little bit shortly, but also some positive news as well. So um, so first, I just wanted to mention very quickly uh, Patreon. So again, I know I mention this every week, but again, if you wanted to help support us, you can go to patreon.com forward slash adventure games podcast, and you can help ensure this podcast continues. This is a very, very independent podcast. We pay for everything ourselves. And uh, I know that we got, we, we get paid so much money for this, but any little. <laughs> and I'd just like to point out, I don't, because uh, that would go against my contract. So I don't get paid for this. <laughs> Me neither. You know, the good thing is there there is no pay gap here. We all get paid the exact same for this (laughs) podcast, (laughs) which is nothing. So, well, we, we, well, or I I pay at least for the domain, for the website, and any costs that we need to pay. So, any help is hugely appreciated. And if you do become a Patreon subscriber, there are two tiers for $1 and $5. $5, of course, will get more exclusive content. So, you'll get uh, episodes uploaded earlier. You also get, you have now some spoiler special episodes with developers of games. So we have spoiler specials with Agustin Cordes and with the developers of Whispers of Machine. We're going to have some more in the coming year as well, uh, including for The Walking Dead and for Interrogation and some others as well. We'll be hearing from those developers later on this year. And then for the $1 tier, you will also be getting episodes early access a few days early as well and 
uh, some more tiers as well. So you can find out more on patreon.com forward slash adventure games podcast. And speaking of Patreon, um, don't know if, remember we spoke about Timbleweed Park a few weeks ago. We reviewed the game and I said that overall I liked it, but I said one of the issues I had was two main characters. You couldn't have them speak to each other. Well, Maurizio, who is a very dear contributor, and I've been speaking with him lately as well. And he said that there has been an update that Ron Gilbert released where the two main characters can speak to each other, apparently, that you can have inter-PC dialogues. And he sent a screenshot where the two main characters, two agents, that they have dialogue trees and everything. Now, I did not see that when I played. And so, but if that is the case, if they can, now it wasn't a huge issue for a lot of people, for me, but if that's, uh, if that is the case, then I take back what I said, if that is the case. So I just wanted to point that out there. And so thank you to Maurizio. So thank you, Maurizio. And, yeah. and he's also working on a game himself. He's on Twitter, which I can put, uh, I can, it's called, little girl in Monsterland, and he posts some screenshots on twitter which look really good as well so i will post some post a link up there as well so and hopefully in the future we'll have more details on that uh so now so you guys ready for news always so has there been any news recently <laughs> nah nah nothing much happening so. with the gaming industry <laughs> Um, yeah, everything going exactly as planned. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, we, myself and Thomas, we spoke a little bit last week about GDC that was cancelled. Yeah. And unfortunately, now the coronavirus has taken its toll on other conferences. There was the, I believe it's called the Southeast Southwest Conference South, in Texas. South by Southwest. Thank you. On <laughs> <laughs> the ball, Laura. <laughs> Not not making it up as uh, you go along, not like me. It's a movie festival, so. Well, I mean, it's, is it a movie? Because I heard it's not really festival, though. It's actually a music, movie, and technology festival. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but I care most about the movies. Oh well, then then it's only a oh, movie but... festival because that's what you. Yeah, care that's all about. that matters then, right? Because <laughs> that's all that matters. What oh, you care about, right? Not what anybody else thinks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that has been cancelled uh, this year, and we just got news today when we're recording Wednesday that E3 has been officially cancelled mm. as well. And now it is true as well. I think that it's safe to say that E3 isn't as big as it once was. That it has been probably overtaken by GDC and there's a PAX um, conferences as well and. Uh, other conferences and I think last year as well there were a number of companies that didn't attend but still it's it's still a big conference oh, yeah. and big. they've they've can't they've cancelled it months in advance this time mm-hmm. so um it's I mean it sucks I suppose but at least it's planning we'll see if they can maybe do something digitally I think yeah maybe. I mean that's what I've seen people talk, talking about online that you know, if this goes well for them in terms of re- releasing things online and, you know, people getting to play it online and, you know, you get in, okay, you might not get some exclusive interviews, but that's still possible over the internet. Um, will they can, maybe they'll be like, oh, we don't need to hold this huge expo 
next year. I don't know. That's what, uh, you know, a couple of websites were wondering whether this might change things. Um, but yes, at least they've cancelled it well in advance because I'm supposed to be going to EGX Rest in London in two is that, weeks. Is that, is that still, going, still ahead? going ahead? As 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 I'm talking, I mean, maybe, I don't know when this goes out, they'll have a change of heart, but Currently, still going ahead, EGX Res, which um, obviously a lot smaller event than E3, but still about about 15,000, 16,000 people, you know, not just from the UK, off, you know, mainly Europe, but, the, you know, that's still still a lot of things. Oh, that's yeah. fine. Good thing that nothing is happening in mm, Europe at the yeah, moment. Yeah, <laughs> so an interesting one that I I don't really know. I'm not uh, sure what's going on there. No, the, 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 so, the thing is that, this whole coronavirus, COVID-19, has massive, massive, massive implications on the entire entertainment industry. Uh, you already saw that movies being delayed. Movies might not even get a theatrical release because of this. They might go straight to streaming services. Who knows? Uh, maybe that is considered a huge success. Maybe this uh, will have a positive effect on certain sides of the business and a negative effect on other sides of the business. It's very hard to tell at the moment, but it is, um, I think, the business that will be hit the most in this case uh, financially because obviously human lives are are the most important. But yeah, the tourism and entertainment industry is for, uh, from the looks of it at the moment because that's the first thing that, that, get, that gets cancelled. So who knows yeah. what 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 this will have for unknown uh, consequences? Mm-hmm. That might there might even be a few positive consequences. We don't know. Maybe. Uh... Yeah, I won't be booking any cruises anytime <laughs> soon. No, and yet the adverts are still get running. It's a bit like. Oh, I'm 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 sure they'll be running in yeah, overdrive definitely. and. Um... Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, I'm sure Netflix are, I mean, as you mentioned, this is a horrible thing that's happening, but I'm sure the Netflix executives are like, well, you know, you can stay at home and self-quarantine. You can watch Netflix. Uh, yeah. If we do need to self-quarantine, then at least we can make a, a proper dent in my backlog of uh, computer games. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we might have to also uh, work, but yes. Yeah, that too. <laughs> But you can, yeah, I'm working, oh, working. You, of course, I am working. Yes, yes. So, but there's, uh, yes, this case is really, really important. I need to solve this mystery. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so, and also the Nariscope conference in, which will be in Illinois this year, so far that is still going ahead. When is that? That is in May. Okay. Five. If I had been prepared, I would know exactly yeah. when, but it is, I believe, the beginning of May, but that is so far still going ahead. Yeah. I mean, at, time at least that's now a little bit happens. further ahead than rest, which. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Two yeah. weeks. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Uh, but uh, I every day I've been checking their Twitter to wait for them to say it's not going ahead. But well, at the moment. It's, it's not just that, you know. I mean, a friend of mine is organizing a gaming convention. Uh, in his hometown in Illinois in September. And he has to now make decisions whether or not he has, he can go through with that. And how can you do that? You know, how do you know what's know. going to be happening in Ooh. September? It might have blown over. It might've got 10 times worse. Yeah. We, you don't know, but he needs to be able to, you know, he needs to book flights for guests. He needs to uh, get the, the, the locations and everything. What? Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard. Yeah. Because of the moment 
it would cost him a lot of money, I'm sure, if uh, he has to cancel Earth. Well, that, no, that's the decision <laughs> he has to make now, you know, because if he decides not to cancel, there's going to be they're going to put money in there if they decide to not go with it. It's not now. It's not costing them anything because nothing has been set put on contract or anything. But it it sucks if if you can't do uh, the thing that you really want to do. And again, this completely pales by the loss of human life and everything yeah, and suffering. But I mean, it's it's a bit first world problems that we're talking about now. But yeah. it is also people's livelihood in a lot of things. So of course, yeah, of course. Well, we hope that people listening uh, are well, as we mentioned, the countries that have been most affected and uh, that, yeah, that we hope that you don't get affected too badly. Yeah. And hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully we can improve. Through it. The situation can improve. We can get through this. So, but it's something that the world is getting through that, odd enough, could bring us together. I know we don't, we shouldn't, need a virus to bring us together that we should be <laughs> kind of helping each other anyway and wash your hands people mm. can't believe we have to we all, yeah. I mean, who wasn't washing their hands I, it's like i mean yeah. i guess i probably wasn't doing it for 20 seconds to be honest not every oh, time yeah. but... <laughs> oh right yeah but yeah. still but i did wash like it five seconds is... yeah <laughs> good girl <Thank> you. <laughs> yeah so um, so that was the yes. coronavirus section of the podcast. <laughs> on, shall, from we, one, shall we move on to more? Say from one miserable <laughs> section, yeah, to another. <laughs> well, in a completely much more positive section, there are two articles that um, that I that we found. And now, as if uh, life isn't depressing enough, PC gamer have it, uh, an article which they call the saddest, bleakest, most miserable games on PC. Because who doesn't want sad, bleak, miserable games on PC? (laughs) But but you know what? I've played a few of these. I think the two of you have as well. I thought the same one. Oh, yeah. So you've played a few. So there are some adventure games in here. So which ones have you played? Uh, So I have played Dark Souls which isn't obviously an adventure game, really. Uh, Papers, Please, which is, I would say, kind of a, an adventure game. Um, what Remains of Edith, Fe- Edith Finch, uh, which is very much a kind of walking simulator. Uh, Life is Strange. And I think that that's... Oh, and The Walking Dead, of course, yeah. Oh, yeah, that... I think that, that is bleak. I don't know if that's the number one, but yeah, especially in, a, in one. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, uh, yeah, which horrible decision do I have to put this eight-year-old girl yeah. through? Yes. Um, but, you know, beware, there are spoilers in this article, but there are some interesting games as well. As we mentioned, we reviewed Life is Strange a few weeks ago, which was uh, surprisingly bleak. I did yeah. not expect it to be so it goes dark. dark. <laughs> Oh, very dark, because I thought this is going to be like a two teenagers and there's going to be a cool time-traveling device, which it start is. start with that, yeah. But then there's all the other stuff. Then there's all the other stuff, which I do not expect. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, some people might find it interesting as well, because if you're not depressed enough with life, you can see. But oddly, this might, this might actually help, because, you know, I played, you know, Walking Dead and you know, Life is Strange, but Walking Dead in particular, because as bleak as it is, it can also show that however bad things <laughs> might be for us, 
it's not as bad as what's happening. You're not in being eaten alive by zombies. <laughs> well, that's an interesting exactly. take that, on things. You know, that it's like, oh, things things could be a lot worse. <laughs> so I don't know if that helps yeah. a lot, anything, but... I guess. Um, were there any games that, I mean, there were, I was expecting, I don't know if you've ever heard of this game, um, Lisa. Uh, the painful RPG is its kind of second title, It's uh, which is kind of a side-scrolling RPG it's set in a sort of post post apocalyptic wasteland, and it's kind of got this. It's a bit, it reminds me a bit of Undertale. It's got this kind of cheeky, funny exterior, but it's also like really, really depressing. <laughs> There's some bits that are just um, it goes to some dark places. If you thought Life is Strange went to some dark places, woof. Um, and I was expecting to see that on there, but no. So um, if you like the sound of the games that they mentioned there and you want to go even darker, I would say check out Lisa. That's my top tip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of curious. Yeah, I would say. <laughs> but then... Yeah, definitely. It is really, it's also a really good game. It's just, um, mm. it, it goes to um, <laughs> some quite bleak, bleak places. Interesting. I might have to. Well, I don't <laughs> uh, know if I should check it out or not. I don't know what that says about me. It is still. It's also really funny as well. There's lots of funny elements. So it's not like it's. Is it got a dark humor? Sure. Um, but that's on Steam. I would. I don't know if there was any others you were thinking. Well, I was thinking of a game that was released last year, and which uh, Thomas, your friends from the Gaming Outsider reviewed, is called A Plague Tale Innocence. Oh right, yes. Because this literally deals with the plague, with the Black Death, <laughs> and it deals with. This young girl trying to save her brother. There were rats in the game. And, you know, with her family are murdered at the very beginning. And, yeah, all sorts of horrible things happen. So I was pretty sure that that would be there, but apparently not. <laughs> I guess the Dark Ages weren't big enough for this list. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, exactly. Did that, you know... The Dark Ages, where it was, what was it, a third or quarter of humanity? <laughs> just, well, this is a very fun podcast. It's a very fun episode. Yes. Cheer up, everybody. <laughs> well, I do, re- I do so, recall uh, that Fallout got pretty, pretty bleak at times as well. All the, all the, uh, the well, Fallout 1, 2, and 3, I haven't played 4, but I assume it has that too. Because Fallout can get really, really dark too. So plenty of choice Interesting. There. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah from this ahead, list Tom? i've only played uh the walking dead uh, i do have a few of these titles on my uh on my wish list i i actually own a few but haven't been able to play them yet the one i would like to play the most is probably papers please yeah, that yes. one would, would appeal to me the most but uh a good bleak game can really help put put things in perspective just like you sometimes need a a nice movie to cry to or just to uh you know yeah, you want to get scared. For, yeah, you want to get scared if you get games have the same things. So, so I think sad or bleak games uh, have definitely have a place in uh, in in this niche uh, of ours. Also, some of these games, while they are bleak, there is some very mild humor because in The Walking Dead, while it's by no means a comedy, there there are some sections in the game or some lines of dialogue that can be kind of humorous, you know, especially with Lee and Kenny with their lines of dialogue together. That's so now it's very dark humor. And even with Lee and Clementine, some of their interactions as well, where Lee trying to figure out how to be like a parent to her and learning as, as he goes, some of it can be, I, mean, I don't know if humorous is the word, but kind of darkly comic as well. It's, um, which can help, you know, 
clear the tension a little bit. And then, of course, you have to kill somebody in the game where somebody dies horribly. So, um, so that was the bleakest Yay. game section of the podcast. So this is a wow, this was a really really fun episode <laughs> so far. But <laughs> but the second article I wanted to talk about is, and I'm so I'm sure some people this might make people even sadder or angrier <laughs> at least. Do you guys remember John Walker? But he's not he, dead. He's he still was, alive. Well, yes. <laughs> Let's make it clear. He is still very much alive. Uh, unless people are sort of reading his latest article, I don't know how angry he makes them. Uh, because he is back. Remember, he wrote a retrospective article about Zach McCracken, where he said that this game really isn't as good as people might remember it. Uh, we thought, oh, wow, that's kind of controversial. Well, he went full on this um, time because... He slaughtered a sacred cow. Oh, his next target was Mist. Now, Mist was released in 1993. It was... Uh, I mean, basically, it was two guys in a garage who released... It was the first game of its kind. You know, I'm sure people know, but the first-person puzzle game. You're on islands, you've solved puzzles... That's pretty much it, but a lot of people have it was the highest selling game at the time. It sold well over a million copies and it's still pretty popular to this day. And it has a lot of supporters, a lot of people who really like it. And um, but it's very polarizing because equally there are some people who say it killed the adventure game genre. <laughs> so it seems to me like not a lot of people are in the middle ground, it seems. And John Walker, I think we can tell which side he's on in this because the title of his article is Is Mist Still One of the Worst Games Ever? <laughs> and he he said that he said that some of the some of the things he wrote in the article was, and this is from John Walker, and you need to be clear, Mist was, of course, a game championed by the worst people who existed in the 1990s, <laughs> Mac owners. Yes! <laughs> Come on, John. Shots fired. Take, take that. Take that, Mac. Tell us how you really feel, John. Uh, and he, he said they've been sold such a lemon and such an expensive lemon that there was nothing for it but to double down and pretend it was by far a superior choice. <laughs> and he goes on and he ends he ends the article. Now, he goes on in the article to, to be fair to John, he, he does go into detail about the game as to why he doesn't like it. And it is also pretty funny. So even if you disagree with him, which I'm sure many people will, he does go into detail about what he thought about the game. So it's not just simply trolling. <laughs> uh, this is what he genuinely believes. And he ends up by saying, Mist is a horribly designed, horribly structured, horribly written, horribly acted, horribly controlled mess of a game. <laughs> it is absolutely the Vaseline smeared, barely interactive PowerPoint demonstration I've been calling it for 27 years. <laughs> So, I relate to this. Yeah. Just, I mean, I'll be honest, I do as well. Oh, my I never God. Liked, I never so, liked this. Never. Neither did I. I'm with you, John. Okay. So, yeah. yeah so, have you played Myth mm. yourself? And now we kind of told us what you think. But what, so what exactly do you think? And why? I think you mentioned you don't like it. Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> um, no. So, uh, one thing I will say is obviously, this was a long time ago when I played it. Uh, mm. I was like, maybe like 
six. <laughs> um, but um, oh, well, so you played it when you were six. <laughs> you know, I was, I, you know, I, I, you know, six or seven. I was, I was like playing it on someone else's. So obviously, this is not a great judgment. So this is obviously why John Walker has gone back. So he played it many years ago. He's come back again to see if he didn't enjoy it again and he still doesn't uh, I imagine I would still feel like that though because reading that article I'm like yeah those were even when I was playing it at a much younger age um, I still was a bit like I don't but I, I think what he says in the article is true though at the time the graphics were pretty amazing and everyone was like wow and maybe that kind of wrong-footed people and thought made people think oh um, you know like this is a great game it's you know so futuristic it looks really cool uh, but when you sort of dug into it it just it didn't make any sense a lot of it didn't make sense and I don't think that was just because I was young I think it was because it was like quite a slow ponderous like you just wandering around it didn't have any character to it and you know a lot of good adventure games that's like one of their main factors is that they have character and personality and that had nothing it was devoid of it and i'm sorry i'm now getting quite angry about it even though i've not played it for years oh, you're just, right. my six-year-old laura did not but like reading it. that article <laughs> i mean because i've i have actually like seen playthroughs of it since so it's not like i i'm just remembering it from when i played it when i was six but um i have seen <laughs> other people play it and again i was a bit like i'm not really interested in this um thomas do you agree did you play it when you were a bit older <laughs> i played it when it came out because i was i was starting to think when did i play it? because i do remember playing it but i don't remember much else from the game only i didn't finish it because i didn't like it and i remember that it was one of the cd-roms that we got when we bought uh when we bought our pc uh, i think it was our second pc that we bought because the game was basically a showcase for that kind of technology and what you what you see often is um like for a game to become a classic because to be honest mist is a classic just not a very good one but um it's remembered as a classic yeah to be in order to become a classic you need to have something that pushes something forward uh like for instance um, avatar when it came out like the story of avatar is not very special but the technology used by Avatar made it an event. And I will still defend Avatar because I've seen that movie seven times in the cinema in that in that magnificent wow. 3D. <laughs> because that was one of the first times ever when I went into the in, when when I went into the cinema and the movie starts and my jaw dro- dropped to the floor and I and I heard the whole whole screen go, whoa. Because it was something we had never seen before. And that is the same with Mist. Because it might look very clunky now, but when it came out, it was unlike anything we've ever seen. And if you and if you experience something new, you're very willing to forgive its other flaws. Except now, when we live in a second golden age of adventure games, and we are very, very spoiled on the story and character indeed, you realize that Mist is it's like an Oreo without a filling. Oh, lovely! I like that little oh. metaphor. <laughs> yeah, it looks it looks nice, but once you bite into it, you're missing something. Mm. I mean, I'd eat an Oreo. That's a nice it. analogy. <laughs> it's not the same though. <clears throat> but but yeah, no, that's a good good point. I tried playing it several times because I kept reading how great it was, how much people loved the game, and. The last time I tried playing it was when I was in my early 20s, so going back a bit. 
uh, you know, just last year. No, I'm kidding. A little bit longer. <laughs> um, each time I can only get through five to ten minutes mm, of it yeah. before quitting. Because, as you mentioned, there's no character. There's no narration, which I need. I mean, that's not necessarily mean. That doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. But in this type of game, you just, from what I remember, it's a black screen. And then you fall into reading a book. Or you see a book and then you fall into the book and then you fall into an island. And then there's nothing. There are no instructions, no lines of dialogue. There is absolutely nothing. So it just I was just randomly, aimlessly wandering around trying to figure out what I was supposed to do. And I had no clue what I was supposed to do. I And also I just got bored very, very quickly. I did not know. I was like, why do I care? It looks nice. It looks pretty. But I don't know anything about this place. And I do understand that later on there is some story that you do – see you know the character's atris and his sons and you find a bit more but i think you should have had something at the very beginning even just a line of dialogue saying you know just writing saying you read the read this book then you fall into the book and into the land and now you have to try and find your way out let's see what's on it something like that just to keep us interested keep give us some objectives but i just quit very early on because i thought you know, I don't know what to do and I don't particularly care. And now I do realize that this game was made, as I said, by two guys, the Miller brothers in their garage at the time on using very basic uh, tools at the time. And also they have remade Myst and they have made it better. And I believe that later games in the series are better. Uh, Riven, uh, I believe it's Myst 3, I think, that from what I've heard, are better in terms of narrative and terms of mythology and puzzles. That's another thing as well that I've heard about the puzzles that, again, people either love or hate them. And again, my own sense of puzzles is they have to have some logic. And from what I've heard, a lot of these puzzles, they're trial and error. Now, I don't like logic puzzles anyway, as people might know. But with this game, from what I've heard from people who've played it, they themselves say that you need to rely on trial and error, which for me is not the best. Like, I would like instructions at least. Even You don't need to give the solution. Of guidance. But just, yeah, exactly, to let us know what. What the hell are supposed yeah. to be doing? Yeah, I don't. I what? don't like that. I've, I've played a few games in the in the past few years that indeed just assume you know what to do when you see the puzzle, and I'm like, exactly. yeah, I'm I'm not Einstein. I don't know from. I just tr- and and sometimes trial and error can be fun, but often it's just frustrating. Sure, uh, and it shouldn't be frustrating at all. I'm, no, and. Absolutely. It's a case of, you know, obviously developers having played those puzzles so much, they're like, well, it's obvious what the answer is. And it's like, well, no, you have to think, you know, you've got to just, you just got to test it properly. And who, you know, with people who are new to the game and who can see it from new eyes, which is why often when I go to these game conferences, I seem to break the game because I don't know what to do. (laughs) I seem to ruin the game. (laughs) And they're like, oh, we've never seen that happen before. It's like, oh, oh dear. You should become a QA then. (laughs) Yeah. The bug hunter. Game breaker Laura. (laughs) Happens a lot. I do think think we have to give Mist credit for two things, whether you like the game or not. Uh, And one thing is that uh, what we already mentioned is that technologically it uh, gave the genre an enormous boost, 
Yeah. And more importantly, it served as some kind of gateway game for people to get into adventure games who were not familiar with it, who didn't really like the genre or didn't know the genre, but were so fascinated by the beauty of the game. Because again, for 1993, this was a very beautiful game. And that got them into adventure games as a genre. And that is very, very precious. Oh, I, yeah, definitely. That's why I would still say it is a classic in that sense, because you you talk to even non-gamers, they'll probably have heard of Myst. So mm-hmm. it's a well-known time, you know, and it stands out the test of, well, it doesn't stand the test of time, but it, <laughs> it's <laughs> iconic in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, there was a colleague of mine at work, because I was just telling some people at work about this podcast, and in someone... Uh, she just um, told me, oh, adventure games, you mean like Myst? I said, yeah. And she said, oh, I played that. And then she said, I had no idea what to do, but I remember just walking around the island and I remember really enjoying it. I was like, okay. Now, that was the only adventure game she had ever played. (laughs) But so clearly a lot of people, and also there's no doubting the influence this game has had because I read somewhere years ago, I don't remember Lost, the TV series that came out uh, years ago. That J.J. Abrams, don't know if you, you may have heard of him. He, uh, I think, little known director in Hollywood, yeah. Anyway, J.J. Who, yeah. Well, when he co created Lost, one of his inspirations I read was Mist, that he's a big fan of the well, game. That, because again, it's not about it. They're on an island. Mystery box and, and mystery box temple. and mystery box and mystery box. And confusing plot exactly. elements that don't go anywhere. <laughs> And uh, exactly. sequels that never live up to their potential. <laughs> I mean, that's not exactly what oh, I was okay. going with this, but yeah, you guys have good, but you guys make uh, good good points. But in this particular case with Lost, uh, you know, there's an island the people are on. They don't know why they're there, <laughs> don't know what to do. But there's a there's a temple. There is um, a, a lighthouse, which I believe uh, appears in one of the games, maybe the first one. And yeah, there's all these things that he got inspiration from Mist, and that's just one of the inspirations. I'm sure there's many yeah. more. But before we before we finish talking about there, uh, I'd want to hear from two people who did like the game. It's not us two. <laughs> uh, why? So because, <laughs> no, and it's not me either. But I put it on mm-hmm. Twitter, and two people answered. Uh, Joel Meyer, who is of course developing Purgatory, he was on this podcast a few months ago. I asked people, is Myst still one of the best games ever made? Or is it, according to this article, one of the worst games ever? So Joel Meyer then said, now he had some strong opinions in his interview about classic adventure games. So he answered, geez, I better not. It might result in another rant in favor of Myst. And he said, it's a huge inspiration for him. And he said, I think the people who hate it compare it to traditional adventure games, but it's really just not the same thing. Neither was it ever intended as such. And then Simon Vance, he said, I loved Mist as a kid, played it again a few years ago and still enjoyed it for its lonely, melancholy atmosphere, baffled by the hate it gets from some. And he says, like, I realize that taste in games can be very personal, so I'm not going to begrudge anyone for not liking something, but some people's hatred for Mist feels disproportional almost like it's a badge of honor to load this inoffensive puzzle game. Funny article, though. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, again, there are other fair, opinions fair. are available. Yeah, it's, it's funny how sometimes something like that can just spark like either uh, something very good or something very bad in you. Like, uh, indeed, 
uh, as if it sometimes becomes personal. I don't know if, if any of you guys have that, right. but for instance, I I hate the the film Movie Forty Three so much, so much. Well, that is a I terrible film. So <laughs> that is fair enough. Yeah, but every yeah. time somebody I, brings that up or asks me what is the worst movie ever made, I just feel myself getting like a volcano about that film, and I have no idea why I'm, I'm I get so personally awful. offended what? by that movie. Why did he see it? Oh, he's going to go off. And why did he see it? <laughs> because I thought it would be funny. Because the trailer, a trailer yeah, implied, but... implied that it would be funny. So it, I think it's the same with with certain games that people will defend or burn to the ground forever that, that that just sparks something very very make it somehow becomes very very personal and it's yeah. i will say as well that you know funnily enough i didn't mind as much although i didn't again play it lots because it's just not my type of game but um the, the game the witness which some people compared as like a kind of modern day mist um in terms of you you are on this island there are puzzles to solve there isn't any kind of direction you just have to wander around the island and there's um these kind of logic puzzles and a lot of people compared it to that but i just felt that even there was it was a clearer sense that the island had a character it felt there was a story there but you had to you know piece it piece by piece as you solve these puzzles and it just felt a bit more like a more well-honed experience so i get what they're saying about oh you know it's not it's not a traditional adventure game and never wanted to be i think my issue wasn't that it was a bad adventure game i just didn't like it as a game yeah i think i think john walker mentioned the, the witness in his article and i think he liked yeah, the, witness. I, the witness is a is a good game and i'm trying to think myself like what's different about it because there's so many similar elements actually but i just think it, it does a, a better job of grabbing you and, and putting you in that world and maybe the puzzles are a bit more clearer they're you know they're very they're still difficult but you kind of get what you have to do and i wonder as well at the time obviously missed if you were stuck in a puzzle, you couldn't just look it up or, you know, try and get help. You were stuck or you had to look up cheat books or <laughs> ring a hotline. or So that probably didn't help. But, um, yeah, I, do, I don't know. It's They're not my favorite type of games anyway, those type of games. So I was never, you know, going to be um, loving it. But um, there you go. So people, A lot of people do. So that's fair enough. Yeah, I, th- I think it's fair that for the three of us, it's not our no. type of game first person puzzle but also it's important to say i think that um that miss was the first game of its kind really. yeah and that it was there were no games like it and since then obviously people have taken this concept and improved it as you mentioned with the witness and uh, even with the missed sequels they've that, improved that it totally makes, uh, to fact totally of makes it. sense because if you look so, the first text adventure game probably might not mm-hmm. be the best ever but zork was fantastic which was the first Zork was a text adventure. I mean, of course, uh, it is, it, it's common sense that uh, something new gets introduced and gets worked on. It's seldom that the first, uh, the first thing makes such an impact that it's still considered one of the best. Uh, and by that, I don't mean to say that it's not good. For instance, the first uh, uh, real-time, real, real-time strategy game was Dune 2. Which is, a, which is a great mm. game, but it's not the best real-time strategy game. I think that's StarCraft probably. But it's always some somebody comes up with a new idea and then other people go run with it. That's, yeah. that's how it works. 
it was definitely innovative in that way. Uh, yeah, there's no, you can't argue it, it was a game changer in that way. It's just, diff- yeah, it didn't have it, everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's amazing how much we talked about a game that we haven't uh, played. Yeah. <laughs> well, not, not recently, that is. Not recently. And not recently. I did, but, I did go back um, and watch a couple of playthroughs of people playing it when this was mentioned just to really yeah what was that like <laughs> just, uh... couldn't even watch it <laughs> anyway no because I, I think as well this is a game to be played oh, if yeah. you like that sort of uh, thing because just watching it is like uh, i can imagine it's boring in... <laughs> but yeah. anyway there so there like are some it. people who like That's it people who don't that. like it yeah we, we yeah. hate mist now we other opinions are available we uh include a link to the article but also like people like joel meyer and simon vance who both really like the game so you know i'm sure if whoever's listening you know which side you're on i've kind of feeling different i'm like if people enjoy it oh yeah fine, i have no great. problem with people enjoying it you know i can understand why people did sure. i'd be interested mm. if they played it now whether they'd still have that enjoyment or it would just be sure, a nostalgic yeah. factor maybe but anyway I, mean, I think that's another another topic that we can <laughs> oh, talk about with nostalgia. But anyway, yeah. moving on. Uh, shall we talk yes. about other games? Um, so before we go on to reviews, there was a new game that was announced by Frictional Games. They have announced Amnesia Rebirth, which is a sequel to their Amnesia games. And Amnesia Rebirth in this game states a new descent into darkness from the creators of the iconic Nietzsche series. It's a harrowing journey through desolation, despair, and you explore the limits of human resilience. Running feet. Again, another fun game. <laughs> another fun game, apparently. <laughs> no, but I think this is important because the Amnesia games, again, you could mention they might have been the f- maybe the first of their kind, certainly, you know, survival horror adventure. Um, I haven't played any of them because I am a coward and a scaredy cat and they look, I guess not that they look bad, but they look very, very, very terrifying. <laughs> Just the whole claustrophobia element to it. That's, uh, you, you played one yeah, of them. Yeah, so Laura? it's funny you say that you, you couldn't play it because I did play the first one, sort of the classic, if you will, uh, that people sort of re- refer to, um, The Dark Descent, Amnesia, The Dark Descent. And it's funny because I played it actually with my housemates. We played it as a game um a sort of uh, a group game because it was so scary we would play it all together so one person would have a go at it for a while and then when they couldn't take any more be like all right your turn now <laughs> and it genuinely is really oh, scary but i would suggest yeah i would idea. suggest if you know if you've got some friends or housemates who are up for doing it because we did that with resident evil 7 as well because um we just we really wanted to play the game everyone was saying it's a great game but too much to be playing in your you know in your room on your own so that's what we did um and even as a group i found it quite a scary experience because the concept is it's kind of first person you're wandering around this castle you've you've woken up you can't you've got amnesia um and (laughs) you have to wander around this castle but you've got this kind of insanity um issue where if you go too much if you're too much in the darkness um you start um, the screen starts shaking, you start breathing heavily and you kind of, um, your sanity wavers. And if that happens too much, you're, 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 I think you die or you pass out or something and that's, you have to sort of go back. But there's this kind of lone 
sort of monster slash man figure that sometimes will chase you. And if you look at him for too long, you also die. So it's this thing that, and he'll suddenly appear sometimes when you're solving puzzles and you've got to run into, run away from him and run into a, you know, a corner and you can't look behind because he might be there. So there is that element. You've got to sort of make your way through and because you can't be in the dark too long, you've got to find um, light supplies. So like tinder boxes and matches and things and um, torches. And that helps you. That's part of the puzzle because you've got to find light and you've also got to kind of keep that for when you most need it. So, you, you know, sometimes you've got to make these dashes in the dark and there's like bits of puzzles as well. So all those elements add up to quite a scary game and that's not even when you um bring in there's a there's a monster that um basically if you go into the water and you make any sound it will run it will you can't see it but it will grab you so you've got to kind of work your way around this monster that um is sort of invisible but moves about by sound basically and it's all these kind of clever uh, thomas is looking very confused <laughs> but um there's all these kind of elements where it's you know it plays on you've got to ration light you've got to you can't only make certain sounds at certain points and it, all these kind of different senses and elements um into a game where you don't you know there's no action really you, you don't ever fight these monsters you're just trying to survive um it'd be interesting to see what they do with the new one, whether they'll stay on those routes. I haven't played any of the others, so I, I, I've heard they're equally as scary. Um, I think after that one, we were just like, we, we need a break. <laughs> I think we played Rocket League. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, go back to a, a nice, easygoing game. Monkey Island, I've heard, is nice. Dave the Tentacle. Or... Yeah. Yeah, I remember when I was a well a child, I played with some friends of mine, Silent Hill. Yes. Uh, the demo of the first Silent Hill game. When because that came with Metal Gear Solid, Ooh, and scary. okay, maybe now, exactly, maybe now it might not be as scary as it was back then. But certainly when you're playing it and you're a preteen or just twelve, thirteen, and you're walking through the fog down the dark alley, and then these bird, this bird comes after you, and then these monsters. It's Trying kind of get. terrible. Kind of like what you did. We were just. You know, when one of us died, we're like, okay, you take, yeah. it, you take it. <laughs> so, and isn't there a game called, is it uh, Man of Medan? Oh, that's kind uh, of, kind of similar yes, concept? Uh, there is. That's a, and that's like a more recent one, isn't it? And Yeah, which I have And I think played, that's a little but... bit more like The Walking Dead where there's like choices you've got to make. Right. Is it Mask of Medan or something? Let me have a look. But um... Well, I, I played a game uh, two years ago for the Gaming Outside. I reviewed it called Apparition. Um, and it, it where you play a paranormal investigator trying to get uh, photographs and, and and stuff from oh yes um, and, and it doesn't uh, it doesn't look as good as I think that amnesia stuff looks but I can say it was scary as hell because I was playing it in my room with my headphones on and I, it's it's kind of like a first person shooter but instead of shooting you uh, photograph. You try, you try to photograph, and you you are in uh, in a forest, and that game had me up against the ceiling a few times. Uh, so I don't think this this is the game that I'm going to be playing. No, it's like the game Pro- Project Zero. I don't know if you guys heard of that, which I bought years ago. I didn't play. Is much that where of you're it. taking pictures? Yeah. Yes, as well. And that literally came with the health warning. Said if you have a heart oh, condition, God. maybe you shouldn't be playing oh, this Lord. game. <laughs> 
And again, maybe if you play this game now, it might not be as scary as it was back then. But um, but yeah, so Amnesia Rebirth is from Frictional Games, and that's coming out in 2020. Uh, we don't know exactly when yet, but that was announced a few weeks ago. So yeah, for those who like those kind of games, <laughs> maybe sure. It looks good, and all the previous games seem to be good. I'm still not sure if I can take it, because the video enough was um was pretty <laughs> oh, full on enough for me. But uh you know we will be talking about another kind of horror game, both myself and Thomas just very shortly. But before then, uh shall we get to reviews? Yeah. Is there anything else you guys would like to talk about? No? We we'll... on to the reviews. Okay. So the first game is a demo that we were sent, which at least I played, and you probably played, Laura, as well as Adventure X. It's Ring of Fire. Is is this based on the song by Johnny Cash? I don't believe it is, no. <laughs> Very much oh. not. So, okay, so then what is this game? What what do we do in this game? What's the setup? Yeah, so it's, uh, as you said, Ring of Fire. It's by the developer slash publisher Far Few Giants, uh, based in Belfast. And the idea is it's kind of set in this dystopian future. Um, so we're going along the grim theme again uh, of New London, so kind of future uh London setting and it is you know it's all based around a kind of murder mystery or this detective and um you are you know searching um uh, in pursuit of a, a serial killer basically um throughout the city it's got quite a stylized graphics um the idea that you pick up on in the in the demo is that they have these sort of masks which um, hide their identity they're kind of like animal masks which people wear and that's kind of like the, their outer version of themselves and then which they put on in certain occasions um and that you get a glimpse of that in the demo um but it's you know it'd be interesting to find out you know why that is and find out i don't know if anyone because obviously there's a lot of different elements you can look into for for the demo so i i didn't go through all of them maybe it's explained somewhere a bit more but from what i could see there was like glimpses of why this might be happening so that'd be interesting to find out a bit more about um and yeah what i liked about it it reminded me a little bit of things like um return of the obra din or um maybe like the blackwell games by wadget i um where it's very much you are this detective and you are a proper detective you can't sort of brute force answers it's not like in the wolf among us where there's just you know there's three answers and you pick one of them and you get you get it right or you know similar things where you put things in a certain amount of times and you'll get the answer, basically. It's very much, there's a database you have to find, um, you pick up from what people are saying, maybe a street number of where the victim's wife is and then you will you know, put that street number in and you find her name or vice versa. Uh, and you're so there's like a database where you're searching for address ne- names and also like a map where you then put in that and you have to get that correct to be able to go to that location um so it was you know it was tricky it wasn't easy to do but i you know i kind of like the appeal of that that you um get to you know you have to do your own work because there's so many games where you don't have to do that it's nice to see it um you know make you work a little bit um and it's you know it's quite a short little demo um you i don't think you can actually play it at the moment it's not on steam itself but um you can have a look anyway on, on steam there's a page there um with sort of a quick video of it um it says 
they're hoping to um, release it uh, this year at some point. They were there's another sort of title they're working on similar to this, but they are hoping to sort of release this now. I believe in sort of episodic um, chapters for people because um, it, I think did you also play it? Did you say at Adventure X when it was uh, there as well? And I think it got a good reaction there. Yes, I played it and I kind of sucked at it. <laughs> it is hard. I, I think both myself and Thomas had the same because you texted us, Thomas, when you were playing it. Now, I played it then afterwards and it I was able to get through it more easily. Now, of course, I had already played it, which, you know, but, I, you, know, you know, I feel like whenever I play at conferences and the developers are right oh, there no. and then I'm like, oh, I don't know the answer to this. They're going to think I'm an idiot. You. Oh, my God, what do I do? And then they're also nervous because they're thinking that, oh, we didn't set the puzzles right. We didn't make it clear enough. And this game sucks. And also we're both nervous. Yeah, oh, I really hate <laughs> Well, at least you didn't cause it to crash. Well, <laughs> that's true. Did, did you cause this no, game to crash? No, I didn't cause this Adventure game to crash. I've caused other games to crash. And that's a really <laughs> awkward thing to happen. I it's think my favorite... force of your personality, Laura. <laughs> uh, I think my favorite was Paper Beast at Gamescom, where literally I was just going so the wrong way. They had to be like, we've never seen this happen before. And he was like, I just wanted to watch you <laughs> like see what would happen because we've never... It was like basically this hole that was disappearing down. And I thought I had to go down it rather than escape it. And I just kept going down, down, further down because it didn't stop. And he was just like, I wanted to see what ha- would happen, but because I've never seen that happen before. But no, I didn't. I didn't make this crash, and I. So that was something. That's good. That's a. <laughs> that's an achievement. Um. Yeah. No, I think myself and Thomas got stuck more or less a similar point because I forgot that you could use the database. Like I got so nervous that <laughs> I couldn't find the answer, and then the developer said. Have you checked the database or the map? I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then when I played it again, I I thought, yeah. No. Now, it's still tricky because you have to find the clues in the house, first of all. And then so you find, I think you mentioned, like, I don't know if you mentioned a matchbox or something, you find an object. And then it's, a, it's either an address or the name of someone. So you put the person's name in the database. You get an address, but of diff- different addresses. So then you just put in the different addresses and then find it, which is the correct one. So I'm sure the puzzles will probably get a little bit trickier, more challenging as they go on as well. But I, I did like it. I thought it was really, really interesting. You mentioned the masks that I found interesting, that I wasn't sure at first why they were wearing the masks. But the, the dialogue between the two characters as well, between Detective Grosvenor and her colleague, who is a rookie detective, and you can choose as well how you behave with them. And uh, then when you question the character, it's also some humor as well. Yeah, yeah. With the rookie detective who is who makes mistakes, yeah. you know, who gets, you know, with when the questioning subjects there again too full on too quickly. And your character say, okay, hold back a little, <laughs> just stand back. <laughs> and yeah, as you mentioned, it looks really, really mm, interesting. Very as well, style, graphical stylish. It's kind uh, of, uh, how did they call it? Solar punk? Because I mentioned that it had a bit of a cyberpunk, but they said like, no, it's more like right. solarpunk because it takes place in a world that is fully on renewable energy. So it was not like a dystopia, but uh, it was kind of the same idea, but they twisted it. So I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I mean, it looks great. And also you mentioned it reminds me of Return of the Opera Din, which I think is fair, at least this section hmm. that we play, that it's in first person, moving so around and investigating. Yeah. And so it has a lot of 
different elements of different really great games, but also has its own identity, at least from the demo that we played. I'll be interested <laughs> to see, you know, where they take it with this. I know it's this is just it's going to be shorter. It's not going to be you know, a, a, a big sort of meaty game. It's just going to be released in these short little chapters. But um, I like the concept and uh, hope they they go further with it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I also really like the concept and that, like, it, it's not holding your hand. It is giving you guidance, but it's not holding your hand because, as you said, the thing that I got kind of stuck on was that, like, the, the, I knew the demo wasn't finished, but I was missing something. So I went over and over again and then I uh, indeed checked that database and found uh, an address that I had missed the first time. And then I could go to that place and that's where the demo ended. So I'm like, yeah, okay, so this is how it works. And you really need to pay attention and you really need to uh, yeah, put in the proper work. So, uh, which is, I, I like that. And yeah, that combined with the unique style uh, makes this a very interesting demo. Yeah, so you mentioned, Laura, This is they're hoping that this will be released in episodic format at least in 2020 sometime, but we don't know. We don't know yet, no. Uh, yet when. And they're working in another game as well, yeah. so hopefully we can find out more about that later on. You can't say anything now about this? No. <laughs> no? <laughs> uh, so close. <laughs> well, not really, but... <laughs> Okay, so that was the Ring of Fire demo, and I promise that I'm I'm trying not to sing the Johnny Cash song with the same name. <laughs> but if you tempt me, nope, I will. <laughs> no. Okay, so <laughs> so before I do, um, no, I'm sure that would be horror for people. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that would be horror for people if I did sing it. Speaking of Ooh, horror. No. Myself and Thomas played a game. See the segue? We all yeah, saw yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. How could we not? <laughs> it's like walking uh, into a yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well a, Thomas and I... The subtlety of do... a brick wall. Yes, yes. I'm just going to add a laugh track oh. to this to you know, make out that the two of you laughed <laughs> Well, at the least it would give us <laughs> an idea of when you make a joke. Sure. Um, well, we played a game, Thomas, called Alpha Polaris, which is a kind of a suspense horror uh, adventure yeah. game. So um, set in Greenland, which is no. not, not a typical setting. So, Thomas, you you probably you finished this quite recently, yes. so your your mind is probably more fresh about this game than mine. So what can you tell us about this game? Well, it is a, a classic uh, point-and-click adventure game in which you play a Norwegian uh, scientist who is stationed on a, um, a research station that is looking for oil. And basically, you're, you are a scientist that is studying polar bears. And the only reason you are there is basically a publicity stunt because the, the company you work for really doesn't care about polar bears, but now at least they can say, look, we have someone studying polar bears. It's not just all about the oil. Now, the what, what happens, there are um, three other people on that station, uh, two researchers and one uh, yeah, a bit of a jack-of-all-trades. Uh, and the story gets uh, kicked into motion when uh, one of the researchers returns, having found a huge crevasse uh, with oil at the, at the at the bottom. And when he investigated it, he found a cave that had uh, very old bones and hides that were, had markings in them. 
So you start studying that. You try to find out what is going on. And by doing that, uh, you dive into uh, Greenlandian mythology, basic Inuit Inuit myth, myths and legends. Uh, you start Greenlandic. Having, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's, I think that's it. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's Eskimos Inuit Inuits uh... <laughs> Eskimos. Those Eskimos. It's Eskimos, basically, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mean I don't mean no, any no, I don't mean, mean, mean any disrespect by that. No, I, I know. We're but if, if I say if I say uh, Inuit, then many people might not understand what I mean. Uh, people on the station start having nightmares. Um, there is something very very eerie going on that is linked to those findings, and you have to find out yeah what that is and how to stop it. And uh, it's not a very long game. It has a great atmosphere. It has some some challenging puzzles. This is also a game that does not hold your hand, but also doesn't give you enough guidance at times. Um, but the story and the overall atmosphere really makes up for that. I had to consult uh, a walkthrough uh, once or twice. Uh, in this case, my walkthrough was Sersha so, because he had already <laughs> he had already finished it. But, but that was more like when I tried to remember. Yeah, that was more from a point of view like uh, I, I want to know how it continues, and I was a bit impatient. I would just want to continue with the story, um, but um, I really enjoyed it, and it's it's very Lovecraftian. Uh, I don't know if you know the podcast, The White Vault, but uh, that's what both of us were very much reminded of: uh, just a group of scientists in the middle of nowhere under very dire circumstances, encountering some ancient evil. That's basically the whole game, and it's uh, free on Steam, and it's very worth it to spend a couple of hours with. Yeah, ironically as well, this... I don't know if you noticed, Thomas, but in the character's room, it mentions an article where he was in, I believe it's Svalbard, where the White Vault, at least seasons one and two, were set. Oh, really? Oh, no, I didn't know. And that. So just kind of a coincidence. Yeah, so he, he was there studying the polar bears there. This is Svalbard, Svalbard. It's an island, I believe, off Norway, where there are more polar bears than people. <laughs> Oh. And so he was there. He was he was um, he was studying polar bears there. This podcast that Thomas mentioned, the there White are Vault, a lot of similarities well. between that podcast and this game. Yeah, I would I would agree with you. I really enjoyed this game overall. I really enjoyed the story. And again, the first part of the game, you're woken up by your colleague who says that there's a polar bear who has come right to the research station. So you have to get your tranquilizer and tranquilize the polar bear. And that's the first puzzle of the game, really, which allows you to explore the uh, the research center, which is called Alpha Polaris. So you have to get all your gear, the, um, you know, the darts, and find the tranquilizer weapons, and then you meet the characters here as well. And you also get your outdoor gear because it's cold in Greenland, apparently. Who would have thought that? And but yeah, I really love the story. It's set over four days within the game, and the. the there's a great atmosphere, the tension and the suspense. It really builds gonna, up. It is a bit. I was going to say, is it genuinely yeah. scary? Then were you? Were you? Does it have some fright? I mean, it's more thought provoking. It's a lot of the psychological. There are some graphic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Don't give too much away, but yeah, it's so no, but no, no. Let me put it this way: there are some. Uh, there, there is some blood flowing, 
but there's also some other juices flowing, which we were both very surprised by that happening. <laughs> okay. And yeah, it really took me by surprise that it. There's oh, now we're gonna play it. Yeah, there's a there... sex scene in there, and we were like, "Okay, <laughs> did not see this coming." What is there like a cutscene or? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Well, at least if you if you make yeah, the it's... right choice, I guess, because sure. obviously mm. we took we made that choice. At that end okay. in that, but we were both surprised that they were this was pretty graphic. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so they, think, okay, so yeah, it's, choices I mean, affect gameplay then as well, yeah, as far as, far as we could bit, tell, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I believe the yeah, it's still linear, I think it's still the ending is still pretty much the same, but throughout the game, you do get choices, you. Um, I mean, it, it, I don't think it's like, you know, Fahrenheit or Heavy Rain as in no. it's not interactive, but you do. It just it, it just seemed to come out of nowhere because the game had been quite restrained up until then. And then out of nowhere, there's just this nudity. Yeah. Oh. Just, like, it's like, well, now more like of the female persuasion. Um, oh. Sorry to disappoint you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it just kind of like, I mean, again, I don't have a problem with that, but it was kind of like... Just- Oh, they've been showing great restraint. Totally not see it coming. With the atmosphere. Absolutely not saw it coming. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, wow, okay, this is happening. Yeah. I did not see that coming. Yeah. Now, it, it is very it's short. The kind of, it's the kind of story that uh, would, would also make a decent movie, I think. I, I really, really sure, enjoyed absolutely. the story. Uh, there is one thing, there is a bug in the game uh, that I ran yes. foul of and that caused me to having to replay a bit. It's later in the game mm-hmm. where you have to do something with the bones. I'm not going to tell you what. Uh, but if you're going to play the game, um, that's day four, I think, Sersha, was it? Either day three yeah. or day four. Yeah, I believe that you should need to do things in a yeah. different order. Otherwise, you either do that first or you yeah. wait. Because I, I got that thing. Otherwise book. the game crashes. Which also save a lot. Now the developers are aware of that. Yeah, the developers are aware of that bug, and I I believe they said it's something that was with the Wintermute engine or with Steam or something that they were unable to fix. But the fix is just do that in a different order. There is a solution that is on the Steam forums. So the that uh, people the second time I I had to replay a bit and then I I I did it in a certain order and then I could finish the game. So it's 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 unfortunate, but it's it didn't take away any any of mm-hmm. the pleasure of playing this game. I think sure. I finished it in three and a half hours, including replaying a bit. Hmm. One thing I liked was how the characters were already there, so you, you kind of like they all knew each other already, so you just kind of got to know them there while they were there. Yeah. So it seemed like they already had. There was an existing. Uh, there was an existing. Um, chemistry between those characters and you could uh, you can choose for instance if you react in a grumpy way or react in a friendly way to what people were saying and stuff like that yeah again i'm not entirely sure how that would affect uh, future things but uh, it, it was a nice it was still nice to do mm. Yeah, and uh, as you mentioned, the uh, Greece-Landic Inuit myth, I find it really yeah. fascinating because I knew nothing about that. I don't know how true it is, but I'm really interested now no, I, I to learn more. I didn't know anything about that either. So uh, it was uh, very uh, interesting to, uh, even though you don't, we don't delve that deep into it, we delve into one specific mm. uh, myth, uh, which is fine. It suits the story perfectly, but it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah cool. Show us more, you know? Uh, like... It's so cool that nowadays we get so many different things uh, 
different settings and everything. It's it's so much still to explore, and this uh, game uh, adds a, a, a little bit to that. Mm. Yeah, the setting is very unique, and also I liked how the dialogue is kept kind of short, that they get to the point. So they don't have uh, the longest journey syndrome where they go on and on. Oh, and I hate on. when people do that. And <laughs> I know. Don't you just hate it? Go on and on and on. Anyway, no, but they go straight to the point in this game that, you know, it's, um, it, they, they don't talk too much. I don't know who might do that. Um, but I also liked, <laughs> I also thought the graphics were good and there are lots of, um, you know, there's a few cutscenes in it which were quite mm-hmm. good as well, considering this is an independent game from a very independent yep. studio. It's from Turmoil Games, which is a Finnish studio, I believe. And uh, now I thought the, the voice acting overall was okay. It was decent. I did think that maybe some of the voice actors, they maybe could have showed a little bit more emotion during the more emotional parts. Then again, I don't know if English was their first language. So, and again, it's not terrible at all. Oh, but it just decent. felt a bit like, oh no. Yeah, and overall it, it is it is good overall. Um, now you mentioned some of the puzzles. I think some, overall they're okay, but there were a couple of puzzles that I thought you could have given, been given more guidance. So you, there was one, which is a triangulation puzzle, which I was like, okay, what the hell is this about? And um, I did need a walkthrough for that. And even with the walkthrough, I did kind of struggle still to find out what the hell I was supposed to do. Um, but I got through it. And then there was another puzzle where you had to bake a cake. And I I followed the instructions and I still failed. So I admit I did reload and I did follow a walkthrough and I was like, okay, but this, I don't know how I'm supposed to know right, this, okay. but again, yeah. Yeah, I, well, it certainly does not take away I from the whole game. I, 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 but. I needed uh, a walkthrough there too, because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And still with the walkthrough, it still went wrong. So <laughs> no idea, but uh, <laughs> okay, uh, it was really weird. Again, it doesn't affect the game, but um, but yeah, I thought again it has a satisfying ending. That's all I'll say about that. Like it has a it has an ending, and and yeah, and I thought the, overall the atmosphere was really good. It built up very well, and uh, I'm really glad that I played it. It's um, it was re- released in 2011, okay. uh, back before you know Kickstarter became popular and before adventure games became popular and... again. Unfortunately, they haven't made any other oh, games. Okay, and was it released? Was it intended? Intentionally released free at the time, or is it just is it free now? No. Okay, so at the time, it's just it was just released free a few okay, weeks ago, right. I think, on I Steam. Yeah. Oh, give it a so, go! It sounds interesting. Yeah, I'm according intrigued. according to this, it was released yeah. in twenty fifteen. Oh, twenty yeah. fifteen. Oh, okay. I thought it was twenty eleven. Okay, well, it's possible, but uh, uh, I mean, it, maybe it was released on Steam in twenty fifteen. Oh, yeah, that could be. It, yeah, could be. I don't know. Yeah. But, but we um, recommend it. We definitely yeah, over, recommend it. I would definitely recommend. Again, it's not perfect by oh, any but means, it's but it's an it's an entertaining few hours. And again, if you you know, it's like a constrained, well, restrained setting that is very unique. And I think they get a lot of things right with this game. And I would love to to make another yeah. game, but it's really unfortunate that they haven't made another one in that time. So. Yeah, so download this game, people, and then maybe they can make an yeah. extra game. Um, so, yeah, that is Alpha Polaris, which is available for free on Steam. Um, is there is there anything else? I think that's it for this. Yeah, because right? we've I, there's 
there's a couple of games I'm I'm playing at the moment, but um, I can talk about that next time because I, I haven't got to the end of them sure. yet. But um, also, who knows? Maybe Rest will be happening or not. <laughs> um, if any, well, Laura, you'll be there with your hazmat suit. <laughs> yes, yes, I'll be. I'll suit up. Um, I am going to be so- chatting to John in Gold whilst I'm there. If it happens. He's going to be showing me uh, a little bit of Pendragon, which is the um, from Inkle. Sorry, John Ingold for Inkle. Um, so uh, if anyone's got any questions for him, maybe uh, tweet the Adventure Game Podcast Twitter or tweet me at Cressup with questions you would like to know about their game that they're working on. Um, and yeah, let me know what you'd like me to ask. Yeah, I, I should do this, actually. Where can people find you? What you just mentioned, that Cressup I should add to your Twitter account. Yes, yeah. uh, Thomas, do you want to reveal your Twitter <laughs> Maybe account? <laughs> or would you rather keep that private? <laughs> well, I don't know. If you want to follow me, I'm pretty uh, politically active uh, from a certain point of view. So you're happy. You're, you're welcome to follow me. And I happily uh, talk about uh, games as well. But you're also going to get uh, a political commentary and retweets and stuff like that. So... Feel free to, to to look me up at TBW Guess. <laughs> sure, yeah. Well, you can find me at Adventure Game Pod. That's where I'm most active uh, as well. You can find us on social media, Facebook, uh, well, Twitter, as I mentioned, Instagram, and Discord, which I really should become more active there as well. But, um, but yeah, so, so you will be at the EGS... Uh, X, are you playing anything, Thomas, or do you have uh, plans of playing it? Were you still uh, playing this? Yes, he's still doing it. <laughs> it is so good. Seven months later. No, well, I couldn't. I, we we reviewed this last year, didn't we? I don't know. I well, I couldn't play for a few weeks because of holiday and uh, and stuff. And in that period, Laura uh, uh, overtook me in in the game. And now I got back into it. And despite a few um, technical issues with my computer, I'm. Uh, it's it's. It's really, really good, and I can't wait to record like a, a spoiler cast for this. Oh, that'd be great! Yeah, I'm looking forward to. It. I'll have to probably remind myself because there's so many bits to that game. But um, come yeah. on, Georgia, you need to get into it. Well, I know there's so many other I games know. because I'm playing uh, Beautiful Desolation at yeah, the moment. Yeah, that's the one I'm going to be playing next, uh, which I'm really enjoying. Yeah, I'm really enjoying. It. I think it might be similar-ish, at least in graphical scale. It's an isometric uh, point-and-click adventure game. It's it's not an RPG, at least segments I've played. And speaking of Beautiful Desolation, next week I will upload my interview with the developers of the Beautiful Desolation game, uh, Chris and Nick Bischoff, who are from South Africa, and they speak about their influences, they speak more about their game. And they also have a very interesting story about, uh, you might know him, Thomas, Trevor Noah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, which I, think if yeah. You, I know him too. Which... Very you know, good too, comedian well, and the host you, of the Daily Show in the United States. A very interesting story about him. He's, which, a, he's uh, a very avid like gamer. He plays a lot of FIFA, for instance. And, uh, yeah. Yes, he played. I mentioned this to Al Lowe, but he played Leisure Suit Larry back. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I heard that on the on that Al Lowe interview, was which was pretty good. Oh, by the way, mm, check it out. Thank you, thank you. No, he was great. And also coming up this Tuesday is the, a few weeks ago at PAX East in Boston. There was an adventure game pat, panel, which was moderated by Francisco Gonzalez. And on the panel was Katie Hallahan from Phoenix Online Studios. There was also Dave Gilbert and Julia Minamata. And the title was What Next for Adventure Games? Oh, the perennial uh, well, question. 
<laughs> so well, imagine all those four people together. I would love to have them on the podcast at the same time. I would have loved to be on in Boston for that conference. Fortunately, I wasn't there, but I have I got the audio of that uh, panel, which is professional audio. I can say that because I was not in charge of the audio. <laughs> this was from Dan Pelican, who did the music and the sound of. Uh, the Crimson Diamond by Julie Minamata. So that will be uploaded as a podcast, as a bonus episode next Tuesday in full. So you will get to hear those four wonderful people talking about adventure games and what they believe makes a great adventure game, how to want to make their games unique and how to take adventure games into the future. So it will be like you're right there listening to these four people speaking. So that will be released on Tuesday. It is available on Patreon right now for everybody, for the $1, $5 tier. And for everybody else, it will be available on so Tuesday. For us. So for us. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll try and tell it to you. You guys haven't no. heard it yet either. No. I'll, I will send you the other file after. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to, I'm looking uh, yeah, forward to listening to it. Me too. Yeah, no, it sounds really good. Yeah, no, it, it's, uh, it was a fascinating discussion. So, um, yeah, so next week, I don't know what games I'll be reviewing next week, but hopefully, Laura, we can hear from you. We might be relying on you. Yes. Well, I, yeah, the, well, <laughs> to, two weeks' time, I guess, but yes. Exactly. Two weeks time, we'll be we'll be back. The three of us. Now that we've resolved our uh, yeah, issues. so I'll be looking at probably Lair of the Clockwork God and uh, Murder by Numbers. Interesting. Cool. Mm. Okay. Well, that is it for this week. Um, so we will we will be back again in two weeks. And as I mentioned, those two other episodes will be uploaded again next week. So until then, take care, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. So if you like the Adventure Games podcast, then please subscribe, rate, and review. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review on iTunes if you can, as every review helps, and reviews will help get the word out, especially for Adventure Game developers who appear on the podcast. Now, you can also follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at AdventGamePod. You can follow me on Facebook at AdventureGamesPodcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at AdventureGamesPodcast as well. And we're also on Discord at AdventureGamesPodcast. So if you are a venture game developer or a venture game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it and you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com so until next time thank you